Welcome to Thrive, Building Resilient Families, Austin Child Guidance Center's first ever podcast. This podcast was created to normalize the challenges of parenthood and to provide parents and caregivers with strategies and support in their efforts to help their children to thrive in childhood and beyond. I am Kristen Pierce Freaky, the Executive Director of ACGC, and I'd like to introduce today's guest, Tamika Thompson. Tamika is ACGC's infant and early childhood therapist who started working with us a little over a year ago. Prior to ACGC, she was a primary clinician at Blue Bonnet Trails Community Service and the Director of Outpatient Services at Texas Panhandle Services. Tamika is a talented therapist and leader at ACGC, and we greatly appreciate her taking the time to meet with us. Welcome, Tamika. Thank you for inviting me. So uh, to, st- to start off, can you tell us a little bit more about you and what it is that you do at ACGC? Yes, definitely. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor. I've uh, been in the mental health field for over 15 years. Um, in that capacity, I've worked with adults and children's and um, the ex- families and extended families of people that suffer from mental health um, illness. Um, while doing that, I started off with um, being a case manager. Um, shortly after that, became a uh, director. And so while doing that, I was figuring that I need to um, understand, you know, the capacity of working with counselors and nurses. So I have obtained my LPC while being a director um, at Texas Panel Centers. Wow, that's great. So you work mostly with uh, children that are um, kind of what age range? So age range right now, I work with children from zero to five, um, primarily right now. And is that part of a specific program at ACGC or do you just sort of see um, kids that age as they come in as clients? So I am part of the IEC team, which is the Infant and Early Childhood Program. And we work with children zero to five years of age, um, children that have um, behavioral concerns. Um, We also work with um, in line with the teachers and the directors to help support the children of people, uh, children that have behavioral health. And are these in um, child care centers or are they pre-Ks or what kind of, um, te- the, like what is the environment that the teachers are working in that you work with? So definitely, yes, they are in child care centers. Um, and like I said earlier, just children that have behavioral health concerns um, in child care facilities. Um, they are led by teachers that uh, have a, a slight background in mental health and need just extra support sometimes when they're dealing with um, social emotional learning. So we help them build on their social emotional learning. Got it. Um, So what are some of the common stressors that you see for some of these children that you work with in terms of um, things that other caregivers should be aware of, especially during this pandemic and the current social environment? Great question. So the things that I have seen primarily with children and dealing with, you know, isolation, um, being kind of stuck at home, not being able to be in the child care centers because of COVID right now. Um, they are dealing with a lot of um, stressors with the family members not being able to go to work. Um, they're also dealing with like anxiety of, you know, just wearing the mask um, at school, um, seeing other kids, seeing other teachers not being able to see their faces. Um, some of the kids I've experienced a little bit of depression, um, and they're also dealing with just 
bringing on and carrying other emotions of the teachers that are feeling overwhelmed and stressed out, mm -hmm. um, dealing, unfortunately, sometimes with the directors that are short, uh, have their their short staff. So the kids are just feeling, you know, overwhelming of emotions from the, the centers, um, being at home, like I said earlier, with parents possibly not being able to work or getting let go from their jobs and stuff. So they're, I'm seeing increased behaviors, um, a lot of crying, um, a lot of uh, just physical components of, you know, having headaches and tummy aches and stuff just because they're not, a, you know, completely aware of what's going on, but they know there's something that's going on that is changing for them. Um, life doesn't look the same where they can just go and meet friends at schools. You know, their uh, parents are being very cautious. So they're dealing with a lot of emotions from that. Got it. So I know that, you know, depression sometimes looks different and anxiety looks different in children and adults, depending on their age. You know, what does depression and anxiety look like in a three-year-old or a five-year-old? Great. How, do, how, do, how do a parent, how could a parent know that or recognize the depression or anxiety in their child rather than just, you know, they're sleepy or they're hungry or some other basic need is needing to be met? Yes, that's a great question. So depression and anxiety looks like in a, a kiddo is um, having upset tummies, you know, that's kind of normal, but um, ongoing upset tummy aches, um, feeling, um, ha having headaches, um, being lethargic um, is a sign of like anxiety and depression. Um, having being irritable, um, your kiddos, uh, you know, there's times where they enjoy doing things and playing and stuff, and they're not enjoying those things like they used to. Um, that irritability is um, kind of a big one. I think all small kids are kind of irritable when they're a little younger, but you know, more so than normal. Um, just not feeling well, um, complaining about different things all the time. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, kids, um, their um, bathroom habits change, you know, with being, you know, constipated, um, not going to the bathroom regularly, um, eating not as much, uh, maybe eating a little bit more. So those things that we kind of <clears throat> like saying, oh, you know, maybe they're just tired or not feeling well, you know, seeing that more so than normal is a, a sign that there's some type of anxiety and some type of possibly depression going on, um, waking up in the middle of the night, um, dreams, um, having nightmares and stuff, you can, that's a big sign of anxiety with the, uh, the young ones. Okay. And, you know, I always, do you recommend as I do that usually when you, when in doubt, you know, first you want to rule out kind of organic causes. So certainly mm -hmm. parents should rule out first physical causes, right? When right. you, if you observe some of these things, I think you first need to rule out, you know, whether there is a physical health issue. And then once that is ruled out, um, that's another way to determine, I think, if some of these things that you're seeing are of a uh, psychological or mental health nature. Um, what, how is the work that you do in IEC, how does that differ from traditional therapy um, with children and, and adolescents? So I think with the work that I do in IEC, we get to partner not only with the teachers, the directors, um, the kiddos and the parents. You know, we try to help them, you know, 
intervene at an early age. Um, unfortunately, some of the kiddos that do have behavioral concerns are um, hopping from one center to the other um, because teachers are unable to kind of work through those stressors. So I think the unique thing about IEC is we get to intervene a little bit early. We get to work with the um, center as a whole, not just that individual kid. We're working with all the kids in the classroom. We're working with the teachers. We're implementing strategies to help the teachers grow, to help um, support the little ones. So I think that's the unique part about it. We're not coming in there diagnosing the kiddos. We're coming in there just supporting, you know, maybe some of uh, an experience that they had um, or maybe some trauma that they went through. So we're kind of helping them um, and build support within the family unit. So as, you know, as someone who, who works with this population and these and these folks, I mean, what are some tips or advice or strategies that you would give caregivers or parents um, or, you know, child care center employees, frankly, to help um, help these young children to cope with some of the really significant stressors that we're all experiencing right now? Yes, definitely. So um, I like how you brought up the point. I think it is very important to, you know, when you are seeing some of these concerns, definitely partner um, with uh, uh, your the, a child's um, physician um, and talk to them about what are the things that they're seeing um, within the school and possibly within the home. So it, being able to partner with everybody helps build a child's um, confidence. It helps build the child's um, communication skills where they can express, you know, what's going on. So some of the things that I would talk about is listening, you know, talking to your little one as much as possible, playing games with them, um, you know, supporting whenever they're um, feeling anxious about something. Um, normalize that, you know, normalize that, you know, mommy or daddy or your teacher is feeling anxious about these things. Um, let's kind of talk about it. Um, I think those are important to that your child understands that, hey, you know, there's somebody here that's listening to me. That's someone here that cares for me. Um, that's someone here that supports, you know, uh, my growth um, in there. So I know it, it sounds broader because it's this little one of, you know, either two or three, but they understand more than sometimes what we give them credit for. You know, they observe a lot of things around there. So whenever you're as a teacher stressed out or as a parent stressed out, it's okay to say mommy or daddy's a little tired today um, and, and say, hey, you had a busy day at work. How was, you know, how was school for you today? And talking to them, draw pictures with them. I think that is the biggest thing for a kid that age to express you know, what is going on with them is um, drawing and writing, um, coloring. Um, outside time is extremely important um, for the kids, especially now with, you know, everything going on, we can't get out into the world like we used to. So having that outside time at the, the park, you know, it helps them to feel a little bit more comfortable with um, talking to them when they're going through a rough time. That's really useful advice. And, you know, I tell people all the time, children are geniuses. You know, they really, <laughs> they <laughs> see and feel and, uh, you know, kind of have a very um, cynical free 
view of <laughs> yeah. life and people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes they say things that are, and, and observe things in ways that are much more profound. And a lot of times we as adults don't always catch, don't catch it uh, when they say such insightful things or have an awareness uh, when we are trying to hide things or shield things from them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I guess I wonder, you know, if there's any other, um, you know, now speaking about kids slightly older than your than your core population that you work with, you know, obviously everybody's back in school. There's a lot of anxiety about school. You know, are there recommendations that you might make for parents who maybe have older school age children who are in traditional elementary schools or middle and high schools about they're also suffering under the anxiety and stress related to COVID. And for many of them who've done remote learning in the last year, maybe you're feeling a little bit behind, mm -hmm. you know, if there's any um, suggestions or um, strategy that you might offer for that slightly older uh, child and adolescent population as well. Yes, definitely. Uh, partnering with the school, you know, um, you're right. The kids were virtual for about a year and a half, really. Um, and now they're going back in the schools. Um, not only the kids are experiencing anxiety, the parents are experiencing anxiety, the teachers, um, administrative staff is experiencing anxiety. So I think it's really important to partner with the school um, to talk about some of the things that you might be seeing at home, um, some of the things that the teacher might be seeing in the classroom. Um, and again, normalizing like this, yeah, these things are going on. Um, how do we talk about them? How do we get through some of those things? Um, far important, the kiddo is top priority, you know, listening to them about, you know, the concerns that they have. Um, we're dealing with um, having masks and not having masks and stuff. So they're hearing all that talk that we, we feel like we are shielding them from that conversation, um, but they're having those conversations um, with their friends. They're having those conversations with their peers. So it's important for us as parents and caregivers to talk to them about those, um, what they're seeing. Um, and like I say, partnering with the, the teacher and saying, hey, if you're seeing something different in this, um, when my child is in class, letting me know. Um, the counselors in the schools are a great resource. Uh, to talk to the kids, um, to implement like different like coping skills strategies um, that they can do within the schools when their anxiety kind of raises a little bit. Um, so I think that's something to look for, um, making sure to monitor, not really monitor, but you know, if they're, if things are changing for them, um, if their uh, behaviors is changing and talking to them about why or you know how they're feeling and stuff like that that's just communication really is the key i mean it, it's very important to know that they are dealing with tremendous stressors right now with going back into the schools um so being able to communicate to one another is the most important thing thank you that's really that's really helpful i guess i'm if you have any kind of final thoughts or reflections or anything that kind of you'd like to share that maybe I didn't ask, I'd, I'd love for you to share that now. Okay, perfect. Yes. So I think the thing that I would think the most is be kind to yourself. Um, we all are dealing with a lot. We all are um, trying to figure out what the next step is. Um, being in the moment, being present, uh, really 
looking at, you know, what's going on in the here and now. I know it's hard for us, especially when we're in the work life, you know, we have to try to be proactive or think about the next step, but enjoy the present. Um, I think that's very important. Um, find something that makes you happy and continue doing those things. Um, I think also to slowing down um, and trying to find the best out of every situation. You might be running late, but there might be a, a reason why you're running late. You know, it might be someone needed to see a smile from you or someone just needed a hug from you. Um, you might have not got that job that you wanted, but it, there might be a better one around the corner. So it's most important to be in the present. Um, enjoy the people that are in front of you. Um, take every opportunity like it is your last and um, be grateful for what you have. I do like that one. Thank you so much. I mean, I think uh, it's a simple concept, but the idea of focusing on the things that you do have rather than placing all of your emphasis and focus on the things that you don't have or the things that you wish you had. Um, it's a simple concept, but it's really challenging. Um, and it's the difference between kind of, to your point, being present and mindfulness and sort of rooting yourself in what's happening to you right now mm -hmm. and your focus and your energy rather than directing it elsewhere. So I think that's really insightful and really great advice and, um, and some really great specific ideas, which I really appreciate as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I really want to thank you, Tamika, for your time. Um, and I, I certainly want to thank you for your participation and your um, all the great work that you provide for us at, at Austin Child Guidance Center. You know, you've been a really phenomenal addition to our team. Uh, and uh, we're really grateful and excited to have you on our team. So um, thank you so much. And I mm -hmm. hope that you'll come back. Yes, thank you. I hope you will have me back. And I really appreciate the opportunity um, to be a part of this team. It is a great team. We're led by a wonderful ED as yourself. And I really appreciate this um, opportunity. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's been a great conversation here on the Thrive Building Resilient Families podcast. We hope you were able to listen a little, learn a lot, and leave with a better understanding of this important topic. You can follow Austin Child Guidance Center on Twitter and Instagram at ATX Child Guide and Facebook at Austin Child Guidance Center to stay updated with this podcast and other resources. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode, so stay tuned. Thank you for listening and thank you for prioritizing the mental health needs of your family. See you next time.